0: Is your life marked by fear or by faith? When we catch a glimpse in our spirits of the mightiness of the God that we serve, and when we take his words to heart, doors suddenly open where there seemed only to be walls. The prospect of bad news no longer intimidates us. We eagerly anticipate the days ahead, and the mundane in life becomes an adventure. Leaving the shallows, igniting the faith that overcomes the world. 40 meditations on teaching and testimony that will encourage your heart and boost your faith to see his kingdom come in your own life like never before. Check out Leaving the Shallows, Igniting the Faith that Overcomes the World on Amazon or go to emilytomko.com. When my last message, we talked about Peter's letter to the church in which he warned. He said, first of all, or foremost, or above all, he really wanted to get the church's attention. He said, pay attention here, because in the last days, scoffers are going to come. And they're going to say, where is the promise of Christ's coming? Ever since our fathers fell asleep, everything continues as it has from the beginning of creation. And so Peter wanted to hit this message hard, that one of the signs of the last days, was the appearance of scoffers or will be the appearance of scoffers as he was writing to the church and what's so interesting is if you've ever talked to someone as maybe you have especially in the last year year and a half and you said hey um look what's happening in our world um doesn't this sound a little bit like some of the events of of revelation? um, Are you seeing maybe some things talked about in the book of Daniel? And suddenly you hear this person say to you, oh, you know, they've been talking about the end of the world coming since I was a kid. Or maybe they say, you know, back in the 70s, they thought the world was coming to to an end. The 80s, you know, they thought it was all over. And you realize this is the definition of a scoffer someone who says you know what they've been talking about this since forever and he's still not here and you know first of all in 1948 when israel became a state that was a huge huge fulfillment of biblical prophecy that's a whole segment on its own that we could talk about so if Israel is is God's timepiece, I remember one Bible teacher saying that right now it's about two minutes before midnight. And then we're seeing other things happening recently and in, in a very rapid rate that are also signaling, you know, uh the time of Christ might be closer than ever. And of course we know it's closer than ever. It's closer even than it was a generation ago. And even then they said it was close and and thought it was close. And I think they were right. So the reason why we wanna be watching and waiting for Christ is so that we don't fall into this trap of the scoffer. And we talked about some of the characteristics of the scoffer. The Greek word is empaizo. It means a mocker or a scorner, a false teacher. Did you get that? A false teacher. So these are people inside the church. These are not, certainly you can have a scoffer who's a non-believer, but Peter is warning the church, not about the secular world. He's warning the church about people coming in among them about mockers and scorners and false teachers who pretend to be the church, the true church of Jesus Christ. And we talked about some of the uh, characteristics listed in Jude of the scoffer. There's a parallel passage to 2 Peter 3 found in Jude one eighteen. And Jude says, But you, beloved, remember what was foretold by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ when they said to you in the last times, there will be scoffers who will follow after their own ungodly desires. These are the ones who cause divisions, who are worldly, and devoid of the spirit. And we kind of went through and talked about those four characteristics. They follow their own ungodly desires, they cause divisions, they're worldly, meaning they think and talk like the secular world, and they are devoid of the Holy Spirit. So they're not seeing the big picture of what's happening around them. And I kind of hit home on that first one because as I was meditating on that, that passage, the scoffers, these false teachers in the church, they follow after their own ungodly desires. And sometimes I tend to think of ungodly desires as really obvious sins, you know, things like a love of money or controlling people or power hungry or manipulative. And those are all very real things and and uh, true characteristics of, of things that could be happening among scoffers in the church. But one of the more subtle, and very deadly sins that I felt like the Holy Spirit highlighted for me as I was meditating on these passages in 2 Peter and Jude, In following after their own ungodly desires, I felt like the Holy Spirit was showing me, you know, the much more prevalent sin, and in some ways the more destructive sins, because it's not so recognizable, but it's so pervasive, especially in the American church, is the sin of wanting to be liked. And I just mentioned that a friend of ours who is a missionary to Kenya, he has set up missionary training schools in Kenya and also in Paraguay, and has been a solid witness to the Muslim people. He said to me last year when he was here in the States, he said, you know, American pastors have a pathological need to be liked and it's totally ungodly because the Bible tells us that the world hated Christ and so they'll surely hate us. And so as I kind of ruminated on his observation about American leaders and this need that they have to be like to not rock the boat, to not be too intense, not really step into anything controversial, I thought, wow, that in many ways is deadlier because the root of that is pride we don't want to be thought poorly of. And pride is not always so obvious to us. And sometimes we can be really comfortable with pride, more so than other sins that are much more in your face. And pride, of course, is kind of the granddaddy of sins, if you will. It's, it's what we think of with Satan himself. Um, Lucifer, the pride, that led to his destruction and of course James said that people who try to be friends with the world make themselves enemies of God he actually called the church out as adulterers for trying to be friendly with the world so this is really sobering stuff and I just want to kind of go to um how, how do we avoid becoming a scoffer in these last days? So we talked about recognizing and kind of um, observing what a scoffer looks like, the characteristics, how that's manifesting right now in the American church, but how do we avoid becoming a scoffer in these last days? So the dangerous thing about scoffers and mockers is that they hang out in the church and they call themselves pastors and teachers And prophets and bloggers and professors and Christian music artists and Peter warns the church about them so that we recognize them we don't hang out with them and we don't ourselves become scoffers fools and ultimately deceived well what group of individuals is an antithesis to scoffers let me give you some hints but Jesus said let the children alone and do not hinder them from coming to me for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. That's Matthew nineteen fourteen. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. That's Matthew eighteen three. In regards to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be mature. 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty. So what attributes of children make it easy for them to enter the kingdom of heaven? Well, some things that come to mind are that children tend to be trusting. They have a clear sense of right and wrong, whether they act on it or not. They do know, and they're not cynical or world-weary. Children by nature have a sense of wonder. They're guileless, and they're full of faith. The ability to believe truth when they hear it makes life much simpler for them. And you know, I was thinking about how children tend to be very much in the now. It's very difficult for us adults not to be doing a task and thinking ahead, thinking ahead, what I'm going to do next, what I have to do tomorrow, who's going to need what from me. Children are much more in the now. Uh, They're playing, they're thinking about just what they're doing in the moment. And when my children were little especially, I saw how easy it was for them to move in the flow of heaven. I remember my four-year-old playing the piano and singing with all her might, things that she hadn't been told, things revealed as mysteries in the book of Job. And once, without looking up from her coloring, my six-year-old interpreted a prayer that I prayed in tongues. She told me matter-of-factly that I was praying for Mary, the neighbor lady, to know Jesus. My kids have laid hands on the sick and witnessed them recover with far more dramatic results than I have. But a favorite story I love to recount comes from just last summer when one of our goats got conjunctivitis. So we had two vets visit and we had various rounds of medication and nothing helped. My poor alpine went completely blind. And we had to lead this this poor goat to her water. We had to watch as she and get bullied by the others in her herd. And one Sunday afternoon, as I went down to the paddock, I glanced over to see the same goat suddenly trotting toward me. Her eyes were completely clear. I was so excited and in such disbelief that I called over to my husband, hey honey, hey rah-rah can see. And I started waving my hand in front of her face and I watched her reflexively pull back. Well, as I called this out, my daughter's nine-year-old friend was visiting and she overheard me. And she said, Mrs. Tomko, we prayed for your goat in Sunday school this morning. So God cares about all his creatures. But what was most amazing is that a man happened to be staying at our place from New York City with his little daughter. And he had to my knowledge, no faith. He began to laugh when he heard this exchange. That's awesome, he said, shaking his head. And when he departed several days later, he left us a note. And the last line of the note read, i felt like god met me in unexpected ways while i was here now a grown-up would have scoffed at the idea of requesting prayer for a goat unless maybe there was some financial benefit tied to it but not children and so god manifested his power and his goodness through and to the children of our congregation and to a man staying with us who needed to encounter him truly i tell you jesus said unless you change And become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Maybe the Lord actually means that.